Hey everybody, Jeff Gluck here, and I wanted to bring you a special podcast edition this week on the Teardown feed, a conversation I had with Samantha Bush recently. As you probably saw, she recently authored a book called Fighting Infertility, Finding My Inner Warrior Through Trying to Conceive IVF and Miscarriage. It's uh, gotten well-received. It has 4.8 stars on Amazon, 4.6 out of 5 on Goodreads, and 5 out of 5 on Barnes & Noble. The book is about their infertility struggles, and they recently had another one after the book came out where Kyle and Samantha Bush had come out to Colorado and gone through the whole process again, done a transfer, and as she documented on her social media, they thought uh, briefly that for for a time that it was going to work, and then it ultimately um, did not work and was another very disappointing, heartbreaking setback for them. She took a break from doing some interviews after that for a little bit, but I recently got to speak with her about the book. And what I really want to get at, as you'll hear in our conversation, is how to talk to your friends who are going through this. Probably if you're like me, you maybe have a lot of friends you know or family members who have been struggling with infertility. Maybe you don't know how to bring it up or talk to them about it. I know I don't. I'm really bad at that. So I thought I'd ask Samantha about that. And here's our conversation. All right, everybody, I'm here with Samantha Bush. And Samantha, thank you so much for for doing this. I'm really excited to talk to you about this because I honestly have a lot of questions and I feel like you can help me. So that's of course. I'm excited to talk today. It's been a while. So um, I know, you you know, you've been doing a lot of interviews, um, it, you know, with the book coming out and stuff. You haven't done um, too many since you've been through a lot recently. So I guess, first of all, how, how are you doing now? Um, I mean, we're doing as good as we can be. It was definitely a huge letdown. I would say this was probably the hardest round out of all of them that we've been through just because it was such a roller coaster. It was okay. You're pregnant. You're not pregnant. You're maybe pregnant. You're pregnant. It could be twins. Oh wait, now you're not like, it's just, it was a really, really hard time this time. So, um, yeah, we've just kind of taken some time to regroup as a family and kind of focus on each other and, you know, just keep moving forward. That's that's all you could really do at this point. Yeah. So I want to, you know, anybody that's watched your videos, obviously, um, you know, can, can get a small taste of, you know, the ups and downs, um, you know, that, that you guys have chosen to share and stuff. So I, I really want to dig into how to support people, not, not just people you, you know, through social media or something, but people who are, you know, your friends and family, it, it seems like, you know, more and more, and, and maybe in part because people like you making this conversation normalized, but you know, it just feels like all the time I'm hearing about more people who are going through this. So, but at the same time, I don't really know how to support people very well. I don't really know what to say. So I guess, first of all, like if somebody wants to reach out to you, whether it's social media or whether it's one of your friends or family or whatever, what are some of the things people should not say? What, what, even if they mean well, what should they avoid uh, saying? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I actually wrote a little bit about that in the back of my book because that is a question that I get from a lot of people that are saying, my sister's going through this, my daughter, my friend, I don't know what to say. I feel like when I say something, it's the wrong thing. Um, and for those going through infertility, we fully understand that you know, 99.9% of the time people aren't saying these things to be hurtful, but they are triggers. And a lot of times it's a trigger because what is being said either diminishes 
how painful the experiences can be or places blame on the woman um, without even realizing it. So for example, a lot of people will just say, oh, well, if you just relax, it'll happen. Mm. Um, and what they don't realize is, well, first of all, no, um, infertility is actually classified as a disease. Um, you know, it's, you're not going to, your, your ovaries and, or your sperm count isn't going to suddenly change by just going on vacation or, or relaxing. Um, and what it does then is says you did something wrong that caused this. Um, so that's kind of one that we hear a lot, or a lot of people will say, um, with a miscarriage, which one in four women will go through a miscarriage. They'll say things like, well, at least you weren't that far along, but you know, it's hard because whether it's you've gone through IVF and IUI or natural, you knew you were pregnant, you were excited, you knew that there was a baby growing inside of you. So it doesn't matter the time frame, it still really hurts. Um, so that's one I hear commonly. Um, another one just reaching out to, you know, hearing from women in the infertility space is, you know, maybe you should lose weight, maybe you should gain weight, maybe you should eat this, maybe you should do this. And again, that just goes back to basically telling the woman, you did something wrong to cause this. So if you try X, Y, or Z, it'll fix that, which sometimes, you know, it could be the case, but your doctor will let you know if any of those things are truly a factor in your infertility. Um, And so that's just what I try to educate people on is, it's okay if you don't know what to say and it's perfectly fine to say, I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know what this is like for you, but I'm here for you in whatever capacity you need me to be. And so, you know, is that basically like, if you're going to reach out to somebody just to sort of keep it simple to, you know, in, in order to avoid some of the triggers and you don't know somebody's situation, you don't, you know, you're obviously not their doctor, just say, you know, Hey, I'm sorry that this is, you know, but see, here's, here's my struggle with this too. Like, I don't want to come across as being like, Oh, you know, I pity you or something. Right. Like I feel compassion, but I don't want to come across as like, I'm so sorry for you. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. Yeah. And that's how we feel too. I'm like, I, you know, we don't, we're not looking for pity and we get that. It's more just, Hey, I know you're in a really crappy situation right now. And I just want you to know you've got a friend in me if you, if you need it in any way. And, you know, I always tell people kind of let the person going through infertility lead it. And I also tell people that are the ones going through infertility to kind of speak up and set boundaries. And so, for example, um, when we went through our miscarriage the first time, you know, all my friends were really supportive and they wanted to see me and all that. And I said, I love you guys. I want to see you too. However, I don't want to talk about the miscarriage. I don't want you to give me a hug and get all weepy. Like I want you to come over and I want to watch a really funny Netflix movie or I want to go for a walk and I don't want to talk about this. And and there were times that I was ready to talk about it, but just being really upfront and setting those boundaries and also telling, you know, if it's a friend that you're there for like, Hey, I know that your feelings and emotions can change day by day. So just let me know what you need. If it's a, bottle of wine and we're going to talk all night and you're going to cry. We'll do that. And if it's, Hey, let's go to a workout class and not talk about anything and get our minds off of it. We'll do that. And so I think that's just the most helpful thing is just understanding that 
there's going to be highs and there's lows. And as long as you have a friend you can count on, that's amazing. Um, Another thing that I've heard from other women in the community is some friends don't reach out because they say, well, I don't know what to say, or I was giving you space. And that, that does feel kind of hurtful. Like all it has to be is a text, just, just thinking about you. I know this is a really hard situation. That's really good. That kind of leads me into my next point, which is, um, you know, so there's two sides of this in, in being supportive, right? Like if there's a major event, like where, you know, you, you've sort of, um, you, you announce something or somebody on social media posts something and they say, Hey, this didn't work out for us this time. Or, or we're trying this, you know, like in the first time and everybody's, you know, saying, Oh, I hope this works and everything. Um, but then there's the times in between where, you know, you like, it, it is the check-in period sort of thing, right? Like, and, and that's where I, I really struggle, especially cause you know, like I have some, some of my closest friends, um, one of my high school friends who, you know, they, they've been going through this, but I, I, we like never talk about it. I, you know, I'll say, how are you doing? You know, kind of hoping that they'll lead, I guess, but you know, he never goes, oh, well, this is what's been going on lately. And so I'm sort of afraid to bring it up. And, but at the same time, like you said, that's probably hurtful in that, like it's, it maybe comes across as like, I don't care. So what, what, when is appropriate to sort of ask and how do you bring that up in a way that's not going to be, um, sort of boundary pushing, I guess. Yeah, that's an amazing question. And I just love, you know, I think when so many people start talking about infertility, even if you don't experience it yourself, it's the questions like this, you know, that really are what's going to start change. And so what I would recommend is just saying, Hey, you know, I know what you're going through. If, if you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. And, and if you don't, that's fine too, but just know that I'm always thinking about you. Just super simple. Okay. Okay. I really like that. Yeah. And then, and then if they want to talk about it more then that's the invitation or the, the door's open, but you're not prying you know, more oh, than needs yeah. To and a lot of times people, you know, depending on where they are and what's happening, they want to talk about it. Um, it's just, you know, it's nice to know, obviously, that you have a friend in your corner and who acknowledges that what you're going through isn't easy and and who also understands that, you know, you might be backing away from some things because it's a trigger. Um, I tell a lot of women this, like, look, baby showers are a trigger. If, if you don't want to go, that's fine but just at least tell your friend like, Hey, we're going through some infertility stuff right now. This is just too much of a trigger and I, I'm going to have to sit it out. And, and I just think that open line of communication and, and really talking about all things infertility are going to make it easier for more people to be confident, to talk about it, to talk to their employers about insurance. And, and that's my whole goal for talking about everything is to make people feel less alone in their journey and to hopefully inspire change for the future. How about, um, you know, when, when you're posting on social media, not even interacting with a friend, um, do, do you feel like people need to be conscious of what they're posting, like excessive baby pictures or mother's day things? I'm sure mother's day is not the most fun time for somebody struggling with infertility, um, or father's day. I mean, it doesn't have to be mother's day, but, um, you know, do people need to sort of watch what they post and what, if so, what, what should they what should they keep in mind, I guess? See, for me, I feel like all babies and all of that should be celebrated. Um, you know, it's definitely difficult when you're the one who is experiencing 
experiencing the failures, but that shouldn't diminish the joy of somebody else. And I, I always tell people that, like, I have friends that are like, I'm afraid to tell you I'm pregnant. I'm like, look, I can be jealous of you and happy for you at the exact same time. Like, yes, do I want that for us too? Do I want to see Brexton be a big brother? Of course, but that doesn't make me resent you that it happened for you. Like, if anything, I'm so excited you didn't have to struggle. And so for me, I always tell people, there are some days that are harder and it's fine to take a break from scrolling. Like there's no obligation for you if you're feeling really down on Mother's Day or Father's Day to have to look at Instagram, you know, Um, because I just I really feel that for people who do have success, they they should celebrate that. That's amazing. Um, And so that's kind of my two cents there. Like there's a girl, well, we became really good or not really good friends, but like I call them Instagram friends because um, this infertility community is amazing. Like there's been so many friendships formed and her and I transferred on the same day. And it was actually another infertility kind of social media um, that mentioned, hey, these three girls um, all transferred the same day. And so we reached out to each other. Well, she got pregnant and I didn't, but I, you know, she posts stuff and I'm still on there. Like, I'm so happy for you. Cause she went through all the shots, all the medicines, all the pain. So like, even though it didn't happen for us, it's still great. It happened for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really, that's really nice. Let, let's talk about the insurance element of this, because that's, that seems to be just such a huge issue and such a huge problem. Um, I, you know, how, how can people get, how can we get to the point where insurance is paying for this and it's not just like people are having to decide between whether they want a new house or, you know, or, or to try IVF, you know what I mean? Like what has to happen in this country? Completely. So I'll give you a few fast facts from Fertility IQ. Um, one round of IVF nationwide, nationwide is almost $23,000. Um, the average couple will spend nearly $57,000 to bring home a healthy baby because IVF is not a guarantee. And many times it takes multiple rounds to get there. So with understanding that and knowing just through the bundle of joy fund that a lot of our applicants are police officers, firefighters, teachers, um, people who are dedicated to making their community better, but then when they want to become parents, there's no coverage for them. So it's kind of twofold. One on the employer to say, okay, this is something that my employees want. And then two on the insurance companies to realize that it's not an elective. Um, I actually had a woman reach out to me a few months ago that said she called her insurance company looking for coverage. They were getting ready to go through IVF. And the lady literally told her, the insurance representative, oh, I'm sorry, we don't cover um, IVF. It's an elective, you know, like plastic surgery. That's literally what she told this woman. And the woman was like, but I don't understand. There's a there's a body part in me that doesn't work. How come, how, how are we picking and choosing what body parts we're covering? Like, I don't understand that. And so I think it's twofold. It's really speaking out about it to help insurance companies understand that it used to be one in eight. Now it's almost closer to one in six couples will go through infertility. um, And that that coverage is important. And it's not an elective that infertility is a disease. And then it's on the employers to realize that, oh, you know, 
my employees might be going through this. And I work with Resolve and Progeny. They have amazing things on their website about how to go talk to HR. Because a lot of times, if you haven't experienced infertility, it just might not be something on your radar. And so being able to go talk to your HR and say, hey, you know, what does it look like um, to pick up this coverage? So for large corporations, most of the times it doesn't cost them hardly anything to add that on to their policies. Um, I guess I want to close with, uh, you know, what, what do people need to understand or, or what's like a big misconception out there about um, this entire process that you maybe something that you keep running across? Like, I can't believe, you know, I still have to explain this to people or. I can't believe people continually don't understand this, um, that you would just wish people would know. Um, I think just how emotionally, physically, and financially draining the process can be. It really engulfs your life a lot from the, I mean, I can't even tell you how many doctor's appointments you'll go to the supplement and medicine regimens that you'll go through for a lot of people, like you mentioned, it's going to be a lot of savings and loans and figuring out, you know, picking up extra shifts and figuring out how to pay for it. So it's really just, I know for people who are very blessed to get pregnant naturally, it's kind of like, it happens and then the baby comes and it's just all flows. But for people who deal with infertility, there are so many hoops to jump through and it can be draining. And so, you know, to go back to your point as a friend, even if sometimes you're like, Hey, I just wanted to drop off dinner tonight. I know you are probably running all around town to pick up your scripts and go get this blood draw and go get this. And, you know, I'm just thinking of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think also just the stress that goes along with it. They're doing a lot of studies now showing just how stressful um, an IVF cycle can be. And it, it's amazing that I think a lot of people think, oh, well, it's not really a big deal. It doesn't, it doesn't really affect people that much, but it, their studies are now showing it really does. And so I think, you know, with more people understanding that and more people talking about it, that's, that's where we're going to see the support and change. Cool. Well, it's really cool that you, you know, are able to will, willing to put yourself out there like this and, and sort of normalize the conversation. I know it's probably not, uh, so comfortable at times when you have to, <laughs> you know, do those kind of things. But, um, I know just looking through the comments on your book, like, um, you know, like on the Amazon website and stuff the people's reviews, just saying how much they appreciate that, you know, they, they can talk to their friends and family now you know, because they've seen you talk about this kind of thing. I mean, that's, that's pretty, uh, incredible. So, um, it's really amazing getting to see the reviews and feedback from people because it is scary. I mean, like we've told our story, but this was such a more in-depth look at it and it was very raw and very candid. And, you know, we really put everything out there, not sugarcoated because I wanted people, you know, I think sometimes when you look at Instagram, everything's filtered and pretty and life is great, but I wanted them to see like what the struggle looked like. And just having people say, reading this, I feel like I'm not alone, or I feel better prepared to handle situations that are going to arise in my own journey. And, And that's really the reason why I wrote it. And so, yeah, the feedback's, feedback's been great. And just really excited that people like it. All right, everybody, there you have it. Samantha Bush joining us on the podcast here on the Teardown feed. And if you want to see the written version of this, 
It is published on theathletic.com. Feel free to send this podcast or the written article to your friends. Maybe um, they could also use some help, as I could, in talking to people about this. So hopefully this helped. I know it helped me, and I will talk to you next time on The Teardown.